Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. So before I even get started this morning, I just want to honor again our mom and our dad. (laughs) We can't give them enough honor, but Jared and I are very blessed to not only be the spiritual son and daughter of mom and dad, but be the actual son and daughter. And you guys, it's difficult sometimes because you think our mom and dad push you hard. You don't even know. When you're their actual children, they expect that much more of you. And, uh, and so it's an honor that they are willing to give us this platform to minister from um, because I know that they've seen it in us even when we've doubted ourselves. So I honor you, Mom and Dad, and thank you for giving Jared and I the, the platform this morning. So Jared and I have been on quite an exciting journey uh, recently, and we've had a new revelation of faith drop into our hearts. And that's what we want to share with you this morning. So I'm gonna, we're going to take you on a journey this morning. And I hope you've brought your notebooks. If you haven't, it's so, so, so important that you take notes. Even if you take notes when you watch it again at a later stage. But, you know, it's when you write things down that it becomes rhema. It becomes real. That's when you pull it out of the supernatural and into the natural is when it's on black and white. So I encourage you to take notes. If not today, then listen to it again in the week once it's published on all our platforms. Amen. So let's jump straight into Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 1, and we're going to go to the Passion Translation. So the second one I gave you guys. Now faith brings our hope, uh, sorry, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation. Can everybody say foundation? Needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So before I go further, I actually want to give you a visual here. Uh, who, can, who can help me? I need, okay, Deacon Craig, can you please come take a seat? How are you? Good and self. I'm good. Are you blessed today? Always. Fantastic. What can you tell me? Well, I'm alive, I'm breathing. That can only be by God's grace. Uh, I'm here to celebrate God, so yeah. Amen. Are you ready today? Always ready. Fantastic. What I want to ask you is when you sat down, did you at all consider the chair you were sitting on? No. Did you at all think or wonder, is it strong enough to hold my weight? Is it going to be pulled out from underneath me? No, I didn't. I just assumed it would be. Okay. Thank you. You can go. So the point of me giving this representation is that our faith in its most basic, 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 listen to me. Our faith in its most basic form should be that. It is the subconscious evidence, it is the subconscious expectation of things unseen. We should be believing for stuff so much that it's, it's not even a, a consideration in our conscious mind. When Deacon Craig went to sit, he didn't go, hang on, let me just, Lord Jesus, I pray over this chair. Let this chair be blessed. Let this chair be honored. Lord Jesus, let me just, oh, Jesus, it's holding my weight. Thank you, Lord God. Nobody does that. 
It is a subconscious expectation that when I go to sit, I'm going to be okay and I can carry on with what I'm planning to do when I sit. Whether that's to receive, whether that's to teach, whether that's to relax, whatever it is. How, few, how many of us actually have faith even at that level? I myself pray all day, every day for a million things that I've prayed for the day before and the day before that and the day before that. And I feel like I've got to sometimes, well, not that I've got to, but that I sometimes grovel at Jesus' feet for the most mundane thing. Like the thing we do, the things we need every single day, we grovel for it. When it should be our expectation, a subconscious expectation. <laughs> I love you, my husband. Okay, so we're going to go to Hebrews 12 verse 2. The Passion Translation again. It says, we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation. So we know faith is expectation. Onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's expectation, uh, perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So, the example that Jesus set was that he saw the end game. He saw the end goal and the joy it would bring and that's where his faith in lay was the expectation of the joy to come. Not the expectation of, am I going to survive the 36 lashings? Am I going to survive the crown of thorns? Am I going to survive having to carry this, uh, this cross so far and I've been beaten and I'm not even recognizable? I'm naked. I'm humiliated. He didn't pray for those things. He did the night before. But as he was going through it, he had faith that God would give him the grace, as Evangelist Freddie said, to conquer all he needed to, to get to the end goal, which was the joy of your salvation and sitting at the right hand side of God. So in other words, what the scripture tells us is faith isn't something that we, that we work towards as Christians. It's not something we acquire as Christians. It's part of the free gift, as is grace, that is given to us when we give our lives to God. So in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says that faith is the foundation. So it's not just a free gift. It's the foundation that we build our relationship upon with Jesus. Keeping in mind that faith is the expectation. So our expectation of God is what we build our relationship of God upon. So our job is not to pursue the outcome of what we hope for. It is to believe that it's already done and then expect to see the results. So I'm going to take you through some basics of faith. And then I'm going to hand over to my husband to level us up to limitless faith. And this has been a journey we're still on. And we'll share with you a little bit later just results we've already experienced in our lives on the short journey we've been on just pursuing faith all over again and a new revelation of what faith actually is. So I want to start again with Matthew 7, uh, verses 24 to 25. This is from the Amplified Version. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man, a far-sighted, 
practical and sensible man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against the house, yet it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. If faith is the foundation, that means, like I said, we need to be building something upon it, right? Do we agree with that? So most of us don't even get past the foundation phase because, like I said, we get stuck asking for the simplest things. Mom and dad, we get stuck asking God for the 200,000 odd that we need for the next few months to get through so we can move when God's already supplied 3.2 million rand for a new property cash. Right? We get stuck at the foundation level. We don't look around us. We just, Lord, I need to get through today. I need to get through today. Oh, what am I going to do? Like, I know I've got a destiny. Where do I start? We can go mad with it. We never get past that stage, though. So how do we move past the foundation phase? We know in property and development, what's the one golden rule everyone knows by now? Location, location, location. Right? So the difference between the natural and the supernatural is that in the natural, the location is where you're going to be planted. In the supernatural, it's not where you're planted, it's with who you are planted. Your circle of friends, or should I say your circle of faith, is going to depend on what you can withstand in order to reach your destiny. A lot of us need to really evaluate where we are located in our lives. You know, just as fear, fear is um, uh, uh, very contagious. <laughs> you can be next to somebody who's getting afraid of things or watching a scary movie and you can pick it up very fast. But you know what the opposite of fear is, is faith. And if fear is contagious, faith is contagious. And so if our faith is our foundation, our support structure needs to be people who understand the, the, the destiny we've got, that understand our vision and our goal, and who fight with the same materials and weapons that we fight with. The doubts that you have in your mind about where you are going in life, is it doubts you having or is it doubts that somebody else has planted that is in your inner circle? How many people will sit and go, you know, you could get out of this, this crisis. Let me, let me loan you some money. You can always give it back to me when you're a bit better. Or maybe you should take this loan or, or enter the lottery, right? Like, it's not really um, uh, gambling, right? And those are seeds that will start causing doubt in your destiny and the vision God has given to you. And it's not necessarily their fault. They may not know any better. But what is going to strengthen your faith so that when the storms of life come and the winds come and the rain comes to blow against your house, what is going to make you stand the test of time and reach your vision, the joy that awaits you in the end? So your inner circle doesn't just have to be your closest friends and family. It needs to be warriors that will fight with you and for you, even when it's to their detriment. A true friend is not going to sugarcoat things and tell you what you want to hear. 
A true friend will empathize with you, but will always point you towards God. As Christians, that is the support structure we should be surrounding ourselves with. Then the next topic I wanted to touch on is how we speak faith. And if we speak faith. What you declare with your mouth is what you will believe. If we go to Romans 10.10, this is one of my favorite verses because it's our next gen verse. Shout out to the next gens. Woo! For with the heart a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification, that is, being made righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin and made acceptable to God. And with the mouth he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly resulting in and confirming his salvation. Your faith, which is your expectation, causes you to acknowledge and confess what your heart has trouble believing. Our heart, as romantic as what it is, is easily broken and it easily loves. It easily hates it easily abounds, it is, it's easily broken, as I said. Romans 12.2 warns us that we need to renew our minds daily. Why? Because our hearts are too fickle to build our faith upon. Our hearts get offended too easily to build faith and expectation upon. It's through the understanding of the faith that we confess with our mouths and allow, that allows our hearts to come into the alignment with the promise that God has spoken over your life. Your faith is built upon the promise that God has given to you for your life. And you need to have an understanding of that promise, an expectation of that promise, and you need to declare it. Even when it doesn't look like that promise is standing, you need to declare it. Because it's through declaring it that your heart starts uh, understanding it as to be true. Just as taking notes in a service is important because it brings it out of the supernatural and into the natural, so declaration can do the same. Can we all please stop telling God every single day how many issues we have? God, I suffer from anxiety. Today, I'm having another anxiety attack. Lord, I'm, I'm struggling. Like, I, I'm, I feel poor. How am I going to make it at the end of the month? I need to pay my bills. Oh, Lord, then tomorrow comes. Oh, Lord, this anxiety. I need to overcome it. Lord, my child is sick. Obey him. My favorite, and I'm guilty of it too, is to stand up and share testimony that I'm healed. And two weeks later, you're going up for prayer in deliverance in the exact same thing. Do you not believe who God is and what he's done for you? Do we not believe the promise is given and when he says it is done, it is done? Then why every day do we grovel at his feet for the same thing that he has said is done? And then lastly, before I hand over to Jared, Faith is the expectation of things hoped for and not yet seen. Do we have that yet? <laughs> have I repeated that <laughs> If a farmer plants seed and a woman falls pregnant, there is expectation. Agreed? 
they expect that what they are planting or, or what they are growing inside of them is going to come to fruition in its time. But they can't watch it grow every day. They've got to plant it and then have faith and expectation that they will see the result of what they have planted. A farmer can't stick his head into the sand and make sure the roots are growing deep and, and everything's healthy and whatever. And a woman, though she will go for doctor's appointments ever so often, there is no way she can actually know what's going on in her womb until that baby is born with 10 fingers and 10 toes and strong lungs and a happy, healthy child. You have to have faith and expectation for that. So the common factor is the word expectation. If faith is the expectation of things not seen, then surely our faith is the seed that needs to be planted. If faith is the expectation of things not yet seen, then surely our faith is the seed that we need that needs to be planted. We can do everything we can to make our vision come to pass. But we can't make it happen in, at our, on our own. Everything we do is just a seed. We can't make things grow. God is the creator. We can create things that wasn't there, now it's there to an extent, but we can't grow things ourselves. We can plant the seed, we can water the plant, we can trim the leaves. We do not make it grow. God gives the growth. When we sow our seed, let me just... Do you know that your tithes and offerings are different from your seed? I don't, I don't know if everybody gets that. Your tithe is an agreement between you and God. And your offering is what you give for other people. But your seed is what you sow for yourself. Your seed is what you sow for your own vision. And how do you do that? When you are being ministered to and you're receiving a word that is in alignment with the promise God has given you for your life, that is when you sow. It doesn't have to be money. What do you have in your hand? You've got skills. You've got abilities. Businessmen, entrepreneurs, you've got a creative mind. You could sow ideas for businesses into the church. You could take on something for the church that will grow money doesn't have to be money. But you are sowing a seed into a word that comes into alignment with what's been spoken over your life so that you can expect the results in faith that will come at a later stage. I can't remember the last time we had a sermon and at the end of the sermon there was money in this bowl because we've all fallen into the pattern of, okay, I tithe every month, maybe, some of us, some of us don't, and even if we do, is it the 10%? That's a whole other story. And then every, every week we make sure we've got our offering, which is good, absolutely, there is a place for that. But God doesn't necessarily need your money. Our God provided a cash purchase of a property for our church. What part did you have to play in that? A seed is what you plant for yourself. It's not for the church to benefit. It's for you to benefit.
So we're quick to be diligent to give, which is good, and that is to be celebrated. But then we question God as to why we are not pursuing further in our pursuit of our destiny or of our promise and why are we not seeing results? Why are we not leveling up? Why are we not growing in this? Why am I still sick, Lord? Why are my children still not saved? Why is my child still not healed? Why am I still struggling this month, Lord? But what are you doing to grow yourself? What seed are you planting that God can grow it? So I got a bowl here of sunflower seeds. Sorry, I need to take a sip. So I got a bowl of sunflower seeds. This is what we do. Dad, do you want some? Mom? Cool. Can I buy these flowers from you? How many sunflower seeds? Ten. Okay, well, that's too many to count. Just, just grab a handful. I don't mind. I've got plenty. It's fine. I have some more. So my choy some away, right? Let's go for drinks on a Friday. It's on me. That's what we do. Not once do we take even one seed. I'm planting it into my destiny, God. Do what you will. Do you know the, the funniest thing about the sunflower seed? You can't even see it. It's tiny, like... Eh. Maybe five millimeters, six millimeters. One sunflower yields a thousand to two thousand seeds. That's feeding, that could feed a thousand to two thousand people. Or you can plant it. Emily, will you put up the picture for me? One seed. If each of those sunflowers yield a thousand to two thousand seeds and you've just planted one. That's faith. That's leveled up faith. That is your destiny right there. And we get stuck on this or this. I just need enough, Lord. I want to be comfortable. I want to be able to bless my friends or buy drinks for my friends. That's, like, that's what I want. Forgetting that God has given you, especially in this church. This is a church with a limitless destiny. What we've been prophesied over us is even more than what we see on that screen. Yet how many of us will plant just one, will dare to plant just one seed into your destiny? into your faith so that you can expect results that are far surpassing that and even further surpassing this. Husband, do you want to come up and smack them with the hard stuff? <laughs> Amen. Isn't my wife beautiful? and anointed, and faithful. Amen. Worship team, you guys can chill. Okay, I see you guys are a bit tired there. <laughs> Amen. Let's go for it. When is the last time you guys used your imagination? 
can I ask the adults, maybe the kids in Sunday school, they would have used it in the last while. But as adults, we forget to use our imagination. In Genesis 1, verse 27, New King James Version, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What is the root word of imagination? Image, amen. So let's change that. So God created man in his own imagination. In the imagination of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God uses his imagination, shouldn't we? I have this picture in um, Genesis 12 where God is trying to build up the faith of Abraham and he gives Abraham a promise. What does he do to Abraham? Takes him outside, looks at the stars and he sees all the stars and Abraham's imagination is activated. God's imagination created us. We created in his image, therefore we can also create with our imagination. Matthew 18, verse 1 to 3. And this is just an example now. Um, about that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and put him the child among them in the middle. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins, repent, and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Little kids have imagination. So we've got to be like little kids when it comes to our faith and our imagination. Don't let adulting rob you of your imagination. So often we're so busy with our um, bills that we need to pay and our responsibilities. And for some of us, it's rather watching the latest Netflix show and all of that. And we get robbed of our imagination and we're rather using somebody else's imagination. One of the key aspects of our imagination, and this is the second point, and I'm going quickly, I know we're late, is our imagination needs to be anointed. This is where you take your imagination and the dreams that God has given you to the closet. And this, this is where the thing changes from imagination into reality. So first thing, get your imagination, get it going, kick it, get, start dreaming. What, what's that scripture? Let, old men will, will, thank you, that's it. We've got to have our imagination, and then we've got to anoint our imagination. Only God anoints our imagination. One of the big concerns is if you don't, and we have fear, and imagination kicks in, and it's going to kick in regardless. That's how you get anxiety. Imagination plus fear equals anxiety. So the imagination is kicking in, and we often do this. We, oh, I hope I'm not falling sick right now. Yeah, my head is starting to sore. I hope I don't. If you go on to Google, that is the worst thing. Then you have brain cancer and this and that. <laughs> But that's what happens. We have imagination with fear. And suddenly we're in anxiety, we're having anxiety, we're stressed, but we're not looking to God. Believe no matter what. 
The outcome is his job. My job is to believe. We just have to be obedient. Often, often what happens is that we're so scared to step out you know, into our imagination because what happens if God doesn't come through? We almost want to protect God by not stepping into our imagination, into our dreams. Am I, am I being real? It's like if I step out now and go pray for that person's need to be healed and that person doesn't get healed, Jesus and God are going to get embarrassed. But that's not what God says. Our job is just to believe. The outcome is up to him. He's sovereign. The next step is to take that anointed imagination that you have and turn it into vision. That's where you write down. That's what my wife was saying. Take notes. Write down. What happens when we write down our vision? It's a receipt with God. When we order something on Take-A-Lot, and if you, my wife likes to order things on Take-A-Lot, okay, as soon as she's ordered it, she has a receipt. She hasn't received anything yet. There's nothing there. There's no circumstance change. She can't get in. The vacuum cleaner is not yet today. That new blender is not yet today. But she has the receipt. That is why we write down our vision. We can go with our vision to God and say, God, here it is. Here's the receipt. You can move now. What has God given you that you have not been bold enough to turn into vision? Sometimes we have these dreams but we're too scared to even take it to God. We're too scared to even take it to God to anoint. We're too scared to even write it down on a vision. Let alone sharing it with anybody else. Vision has to be fueled by faith. And that fuel for faith is hope. Hebrews 11 verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Psalm 103 verse 14. For he knows our frame. He knows that we are dust. Uh, we are dust. The original word in Hebrew is yet, sir, for framed. Okay? And the meaning, you guys can go search this. Go test me on this. If you had to go translate yet, sir, again, it comes out to imagination. By faith, we understand that the worlds were imagined by the word of God. So things which are seen are not seen. For he knows our imagination. He remembers that we are dust. Your imagination frames your life. Why do we feel like we're in the same rut? We're not stepping into our imagination. We haven't anointed our imagination. We haven't stepped into writing our vision down. And we're in the same thing over and over and over. Our imagination frames your life. Two Corinthians ten verse five. And I, I, now, before I go into this now, 
I did not see the word imagination in the Bible before learning this. It was something we Sunday school time or as a kid. But the Bible has got a lot, uses the word imagination loads, loads and loads and loads. Let's go, let's read the scripture. Casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and brings into captivity every thought to the obedience of God, the obedience of Christ. So what happens? We have this imagination. Now, when I started speaking about imagination, I know some of you were like, whoo, I can get that Ferrari and that big mansion and, you know, maybe that pretty wife. Uh, I can see it now already. Uh, yeah, I have. Amen. God is not going to bless your imagination on your business with stolen money. God is not going to bless you with somebody else's wife or husband. So we've got to take, as my wife said, our thoughts and our mind and our imagination captive by the word of God. And take it to the closet where God can anoint our imagination. Romans 1 verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful. They became vain in their imagination. And their foolish heart was darkened. This is why we need our imagination to be anointed. The, Genesis 11 verse 6. And this was this blew my mind. This is where they built the tower. Listen to this. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So because they imagined it, it was going to come to fruition. It was going to happen. So God had to cause, mix up, change language, because they were busy imagining building this tower, and they started doing it. Just as God says, now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So your imagination is always working. It is either taking you towards God or away from God. And that changed our lives. Our lives got changed by this. We said, okay, God, we're going to start dreaming again. We've had all kinds of challenges over the last while. But what are you saying to me? Some of those thoughts in the shower are so anointed. <laughs> Some of the times in the, in the quiet place, sometimes during worship, God is giving you these thoughts and imagination and ideas and then we just leave it there and then God goes but I'm, I want to I've given you the solution I want to anoint it and yet we're not taking it to him so my wife and I have some awesome things to share my wife will you come up we have we have taken on this thing over the last month we have walked this, and we have followed these steps. So when we preach to, when we preach to you today, it's not coming out of a place of, oh, that sounds amazing, but does it actually work? This has worked. And it will work for you guys as well. We're on this journey, and God is just anointing new dreams, new visions. But do you want to share? Can I share? Okay. We took, huh? 
Okay. <laughs> we took a couple of things to God with our imagination and dreams. Um, just like the property of the church was part of that. And God has fulfilled that. One of the big things is that um, just over a month ago, we took to God. We said, God, if this is real, we're going to write it down. We're going to take our anointed imagination. We're going to turn it into vision. And we're going to trust you and believe. The outcome is up to you. But we're going to believe. And just in that last month, my wife has fallen pregnant. <laughs> And I know, like I know, that's because we've written down that vision. This works. The Word of God works. And it's just up to us to believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. You want to say something more? Um, actually, we were planning to share a testimony video in the week. But if you guys can allow us like, two minutes, Grace. Sorry, my mouth is very dry. Um, most of you know our journey has been a three-year journey, and there's plenty of people that have gone far past what we've had to endure for three years. And last year, a month short, we lost a baby. We fell pregnant and lost a baby. And this, and and it's it's really taken us a whole year to get over that. And. Uh, and this year we tried and we took a break. You know, some people, most people say, like, if it becomes too much of an obsession, that's not good either. So we took two months break from everything. And we received a prophetic word. And that prophetic word was to start speaking to our children by name as though they already are. Because it's been prophesied so many times that it's already done. Most of you were here in March when Prophet Charmaine was here, laid her hands on me and said, she can see in the spirit it is done. And we couldn't understand why we kept getting negative tests. And we were doing everything right. And we got this conviction a little over a month ago to speak to our children because they're there. And we need to call it into the supernatural. Remember what I said? What you speak, what you profess is what you're going to believe. And so we named our children and we started calling them out by name and speaking to them every day. And I was confusing everybody at the office because I'd come and talk as though I'm pregnant. And they'd get excited and I'd be like, no, 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 no. We, we don't know that we're pregnant, but we're believing that we're pregnant. And eventually I had some of the, all of the staff were like, 100%, you're pregnant. Now we're going to start talking to your babies because you're pregnant now. This was before we knew we were pregnant. And then Jared and I started walking this journey of of crazy limitless faith and going above what our expectations are and we sowed a seed into it and we were believing and we were professing with our mouths and everything and one night we just had an absolute beautiful encounter in our bedroom and I felt a warmth in my womb the very next morning I took the test and we were positive and we we waited we wanted to wait until we surpassed the point where we lost our baby last year and we officially went for our first scan on Tuesday, and baby is in the right place with a strong heartbeat. We're having a good pregnancy. And this is why we so are convicted in our understanding and a new revelation of faith. 
because it took us going through these steps. And there's still more that we're learning, but it took us going through these steps to see our miracle. If God can do miracles like the property and a miracle like a child for us who have tried everything in our own ability for three years and have got almost there and then lost it like the Tower of Babylon, then what can he do if we are living a life of faith and expectation? Pursuing towards the joy that is our destiny. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website, www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.